is Corinthians chapter 9. Yes? We're going to read a lot. Um, I'm trying to cover quite a bit. So let's read it, NLT version for me, uh, whatever for you. And it's on the screen if you don't have a Bible. And yes, I'm going to take my watch off. People are laughing at that on Friday. I always do. <clears throat> it says, "Am I not?" this is Paul speaking, am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I, bless you, haven't I seen Jesus, our Lord, with my own eyes? Now listen to what he's saying because this is, this is pretty incredible. Have I not seen the Lord Jesus, uh, Jesus our Lord, with my own eyes? Isn't it, isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others think I'm not an apostle, I certainly am to you. You yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do and as Peter does? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion, or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Verse 13, are you still with me? Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? And those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet, I have never used any of these rights. And am I not writing, and I, and I am not writing this to suggest that I want to start now. Man, this is, this is impressive. In fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching without charge. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. I relate. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. Big statement right there. We'll talk about it. But I have no choice, for God has given me the sacred trust. What then is my payment, or what then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. <sighs> wow. 
I think uh, reading this, uh, I read it, I think, last week the first time. I read it this week again. To be honest, just on a personal note, I really relate to it. Like, a lot. Like, I'm emotional when I read this passage. And many pastors would take this chapter of the Bible and talk about how maybe they want more money. (laughs) But um, if they did, they they missed the whole point. Um, The heart of this man is amazing. The character of Apostle Paul, the integrity in his life is impressive. It's incredible. It's it's different. It's not how many of us think. Uh, we've been sort of trained by the world in that we work and we should receive payment. And if we work more, that we should receive more payment. And in the kingdom, as we'll learn today, it's just a little bit different. It doesn't work the same way that the world works. And God wants you to feel fulfilled in your life. And that's why the message is called integrity and purpose. Because Paul, through his purpose, can still have integrity. And he's not necessarily expecting anything from it. Well, he is, but he isn't. And you'll you'll see. And he's a man of God that actually, like, when I read this, I'm like, what's Paul's address? I want to send him some money. Because I want to give to people like that that have integrity, that really love what they do for the Lord, that are honest, that are humble. And his intention was not give me. His intention was let me give more. So what I'm going to do in just a few moments here is I'm going to go through verses just to set, like, context for what I actually got from the Lord. So if we look at verse 4 through 6 really quick, just so we could set kind of like a stage for for what the next thing is. It says, don't we have the right, (laughs) this is awesome, don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do and as Peter does? Or is it only Barnabas and I? We have to work to support ourselves. So other apostles didn't necessarily have other jobs, other preachers in this day, like Peter and, and all those guys. They were supported by the church. And Paul here is saying, don't, don't I have the right as an apostle that has taught you, that has preached, that has preached the good news, that people have come to Christ through the preaching of the good news. Don't I have the right? To come into your homes and share meals with you. I have that right, he is saying, because the other apostles enjoy that right. And the other apostles are married. Because according to the word, Paul was not married. But the other apostles were married. It says there the Lord's brothers uh, and Peter were married. Just in case you didn't know, some of them did have wives. I know it doesn't talk about it much, but they were. And they would bring their wives on their mission trips and their you know, going to other countries to preach the gospel, and they would live off of what they preached. And Paul is just kind of asserting his right 
and just putting it out there that he is an apostle and that he deserves to live off of preaching the gospel. Paul has the right to say that, look, me and Barnabas are the, are the ones that support ourselves, while others you support and the church supports. Again, I'm just setting the stage as we continue to talk about this. You'll see why. Verse 8 and 9, if you can go there with me and, and we'll go down the list here as we set this up. This is, this is pretty important here, verse 8. Am I, merely, am I expressing merely a human opinion? Or does the law say the same thing? Verse 9. For the law of Moses says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? This is not human opinion in other words. Paul is not saying, um, he's, not, he's, he's not being emotional. Okay? Now, he is, there is emotion in it. But this idea, this thought doesn't come, it's not birthed from emotion. It's from God, and obviously it's going to cause emotional reaction because he's human. The, thing, the problem is that sometimes we share things that come from emotion rather than they come from God. They need to come from God. It moves our emotion, but the birth of those ideas and those things and exactly what he's talking about come from God. Amen? He's not talking willy-nilly just whatever he wants in his emotions. Amen? He's not just thinking about stuff and, and human strategizing just to see if, if they would react some sort of way. This idea comes from the Lord. It comes from God. He uses the, the analogy of the oxen that, that, that treads on the grain. And, and the oxen, they don't muzzle it. So as it's treading on the grain and it's hungry, it's going to eat. Amen? And actually, if it eats, the better for the farmer, because the harder it's going to work. So the oxen need to be well taken care of. And Paul, this idea is not from Paul's brain. It's from kingdom. It's from God. Now, I'm going somewhere. I'm not talking to you about this idea of, like, like payment and money. So don't, don't go that route in your brain, Okay? Just, just, let's just look at Paul's heart. What I'm trying to pinpoint in these 8 and 9, verse 8 and 9, is that this idea is not from his emotion. It's not a reaction because he's broke. It's just God speaking through him. doesn't mean he's unemotional. It just means that that, was, that came from God. Amen? Verse 12. This is probably, if not the most important one of them. If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Wow. What honesty, right? What sincerity from Paul. It's amazing how... When someone speaks the truth with love, how it just goes into your heart. When I read this, and Paul, the apostle, one of the greatest apostles, he, he wrote the, like a third of the New Testament. He says, if you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have even greater right to be supported? Like for a man that established so much in the church to say this, 
took so much honesty and humbleness to say. Put up with anything, he says. I would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle. Put up with anything. This makes me love Paul. He put up with so much. I was telling Cynthia, like, there's a whole chapter, I believe in Corinthians 2, I forget where, a whole chapter where he talks about everything he's gone through. He was stoned and, and almost killed like, like five times. He was shipwrecked twice. He was bitten by a snake and almost died. But the Lord saved him every single time. Amen? But he would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle. Than be an obstacle. Can you imagine the men of God sometimes? I have to be very careful that I'm not an obstacle of the good news. I, I have to be careful myself because it's not about me. It's not about what you shouldn't be looking at me. You should be looking at God. But sometimes I can get in the way of that. You know what I'm saying? I could get in the way of the gospel being preached into your heart because now when we look at men, they're going to fail us. Pastors are going to fail us. Amen. Leaders are going to fail us. Even parents and kids, we're going to fail each other. That's why Paul says, I'd rather not charge and put up with anything so that I'm not an obstacle of the good news being preached so that you may grow in God. If you want like an insight of my heart, these two verses right here are, are me. I want you to grow. I want you to... To, to be discipled. I want you to learn. I want you to fulfill what God has for you. I want your dreams to come true. And that's Paul. He doesn't want to be an obstacle to what God is doing in the people's lives. So his heart, man, if, if, you, if you loved Paul already like, like this, you can love him more of now. So here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we see that Paul is just Expressing his heart with honesty, sincerity, honor, humbleness, bearing it all. All that pastors would be this transparent. Amen? All that leaders would be this transparent. And although on, a, on like a, like on onset when you read it, and if you don't keep reading, you might think Paul is upset and he wants more money. That's why we got to read the entire thing and not out of context. Amen. Verse 15 and 16. 15 and 16. 1 Corinthians 9, 15 and 16. And I wrote on here, do not skip this because I was like, I need to talk about it. Let's read it first. Yet I have never used any of these rights. And I am not writing this to suggest that I want to start now. In fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching without charge. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. 
How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. Man, I relate. Paul would rather die than charge money for the gospel. Because the gospel shouldn't cost anything. I mean, it cost the life of Jesus enough already. We don't need to sell the gospel. I would rather die. I would rather die than lose my right to boast. And then he says, but I can't even boast. He says, I can't even boast. I am compelled by God to do it. See, Paul here wants to, he wants to be more about purpose than payment. Purpose above payment. When you put purpose above payment, you will always be more blessed. Because you just found your passion. I mean, he says it here. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. I don't know what your statement is. Maybe you have a different passion. Maybe how terrible for me if blank, whatever your passion is, is what you, you should find in life and in God. How terrible for me if I couldn't give to people. Because maybe God has given you a gift to, to give to others. How terrible for me if I couldn't help others. How terrible for me if I couldn't, you know, be a, a mom. How terrible for me if I couldn't be like this, that. How terrible for me if I couldn't preach the good news. Paul had found his passion. And his passion and his purpose was payment enough. This is your purpose when you find the answer to the how terrible for me. If blank. Purpose. Over payment. Payment is secondary to your personal purpose. So what are you passionate about? Maybe you don't know, right? That's always tough sometimes. Uh, I would say what, when you have compassion for something or you feel angry about stuff, Sometimes that may lead you into doing something about it. It may lead you into a passion or a purpose in your life. I want to encourage you today to seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. And let the purposes of God begin to fill your life. That you wouldn't live your life just, you know, going to work and, and going to church and, and, and going home and sleeping and doing it all over again every single day. It, a year's about to end and it flew by. And we did exactly the same thing we did last year. That we would change our lives. That we would find our purpose. That we would find, you know, what God has called us to do. And maybe you found it. Maybe for you it's, you know, how terrible for me that I can't lead worship. That I can't play an instrument for God. How terrible for me. For me, like I can't, for me it would be the same. That I couldn't preach the good news. How terrible for me. That's why Paul says that. Are you with me? You understanding what I mean? Verse 17 through 19 now. Let's see if I missed anything. Now, I don't want you to think that there isn't reward. Because reward is different than payment. There is reward, and we'll get to that. That's the only thing I missed. 17 through 19. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. 
But I have no choice, for God has given me this sacred trust. What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charge, without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Let's just leave it there. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. This is a powerful statement. This is, this is a crazy, powerful statement. And in other words, if this was human effort, if this was human strategy, if this was for my selfish gain, then yeah, pay me money. But it isn't. It sounds like a good thing almost. If this was my own initiative, if me preaching the gospel, he's saying, was my own initiative, was my own thinking that I came up with, then yeah, I deserve payment. Paul is saying payment is not good enough. It's not good enough. When you're doing your purpose, when God has called you to something, payment is not good enough. That's not why we do things for the Lord. If you do purpose to deserve payment, you will actually receive debt. Let me say that again. If you do purpose to deserve payment, you will get debt. Why? Because you'll feel like someone owes you something. I'm owed honor. I'm owed respect. I'm owed, you know, applause. But when you're in purpose, you don't need anyone. You don't need payment. You have reward. You have, you have the purpose already. You will feel like someone owes you something. Payment is not reward. Reward is not payment because reward comes from God. Payment comes from men. Reward comes from God and payment comes from men. Purpose, when found, has no choice, only trust. And God has entrusted you with a personal purpose. Like, like God trusts you with something. Like all of you here, I know that there's some people here that don't know what they were called for. But believe me when I tell you that God put something in your heart that he called you for. And it doesn't have to be a, like a, a stage thing. It doesn't have to be a, a, a in the front thing. But as simple as being a giver. Being a helper, the Bible says, people that like to serve, that maybe God gave you that, and, and that's the purpose in your life. And you find so much satisfaction in it. And that's your reward. Let's read verse 18 again. What then is my payment? It is the opportunity. Listen to that, because he answers the question there. What then is my pay? What is my payment? What's my salary, guys? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. What then is my pay? What is my reward? God is a giver of rewards. Some visible, but mostly invisible. This is the reward. You ready? This is the reward. You ready for payment, for salary, for reward from God? This is the reward. This is the reward. The opportunity to preach the good news. Lord, but I thought, you know, we we're going to be millionaires soon. God, preaching the gospel. I thought we were going to be on TV and, you know, be big. 
But the payment, brothers and sisters, for doing what God has called you to do, the payment is doing what God has called you to do. That's the payment. That's the reward. Give God a hand. Come on, give God a hand. Praise God. This changes everything. It should change our thinking. It says, it says, uh, what then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. The opportunity. Man, this is a pastor's heart right here. Like for real though. For real, for real. No payment required, Paul says. No payment required. I have payment enough. It's like Jesus when he was walking and the disciples were like, Lord, have you ate yet? And he's like, the food I have, you know nothing about. He, they're like, he must have eat, eaten them. He must have eaten. Who got him food? They're really saying this. Who got him food? Who got him some food? And he's like, the food I have, you don't know nothing about. And he says, my food is doing my father's will. It's the same thing. The point is that doing my purpose is reward enough. So your statement should be, this is my payment, Lord. We'll pray this today. The opportunity to blank. This is my payment, Lord. The opportunity to preach the good news. I can say that. I don't know what your statement is. Paul doesn't demand his rights because for him, it's a dream come true to preach the gospel. Because you got to remember his story, right? Paul started as a man named Saul. He was trained by one of the best Pharisees in the land. He loved the word of God even before he was a believer. He already had this in his heart, the passion to want to teach and to preach, so much so that he started killing these awful Christians in his mind. And he started killing them because he was so passionate about what God had put in his mind. Now, when you do things without Christ, obviously you're going to commit some crimes and do some bad stuff. But then Jesus encountered him. He gave his life to the Lord, and he continued. He learned from Jesus himself for 14 years. Jesus taught him everything. He taught him about grace. He taught him about love. I'm just going to throw those in because that's the name of our church. He taught him, he taught him about kingdom. He taught him, he taught him about family. He taught him about the end times. He taught him about Holy Communion. Nobody taught Paul about Holy Communion. Jesus himself. So he had it in him. There's something in you that you already have that God has called you for. And that's payment enough. And that's not to say that God won't give you more, by the way. But that's enough. Paul always had it in him. He was born with that desire. Verse 19. Even though I am free, I, I am a free man with no master. I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. And I could have kept going there. It's awesome stuff if you want to read later. Ultimately, our purpose will always have this element in it. Okay? It's not. Some people say, oh, I found my purpose. I'm going to be YouTube famous. That's my purpose. <laughs> right? If it doesn't have this element in it, then you need to go back to the drawing board. The element is that many would be led to Christ through art, through music, 
through parenting, through giving, through science, if you love science, through everything that many would be led to Christ. It has that element in it. Are you with me? And through all this, now this, this big statement that Paul makes to the church of Corinthians is a huge statement because he's, he's essentially telling them what his right as an apostle is, as a leader, as a shepherd to them. And he's saying, my right is to receive money from you, food and supplies and a home. And actually, I can go live in your house if I want to because that's my right as your apostle, as your leader. Amen? So I'm going to go live in something. No, I'm just kidding. But because he's full of integrity and full of purpose, he tells them, but I'm not going to exercise my right. First, because I don't want to be an obstacle. And second, because payment enough for me is the opportunity to preach the good news. The next, like, I forgot, uh, uh, verses later, chapter uh, after, he says, imitate me in what I imitate Christ in. Because he's, he's laying it all out for them. There's some things that we need to do in order for us to be or to have integrity. Okay, there's five things. I'm going to go through them now if you want to write these down. The first one is to be honest. Because we can all agree that Paul was being honest. Amen. Be honest with yourself and others. Speak the truth with love. The all the way the truth, especially if it's from God and God is speaking to you and you need to speak the truth. Now, some people use the opportunity to be honest, to be hurtful, and that's not the same thing. The Bible says, speak the truth with love. Amen? And, and Paul, we see, was speaking the truth. Okay? Being okay with hearing the truth is also important. That's part of being honest. Being okay that someone tells you something honest that maybe you got to work on or maybe that you're awesome because that's also honest, right? But sometimes we look at honesty as saying something negative about someone. And honesty can be saying something good about someone. <clears throat> Being okay with hearing and speaking the truth with love in order for all around, all everyone around us to grow. Now, for us as a church, we need to be okay with this because Paul speaks the truth. He's honest with everyone. And this means that when we hear the truth, when we hear honesty, that there would be no, that we would see God's heart in it if God's heart's in it. So God's heart needs to be in the truth and we would see God's heart and that we wouldn't gossip or we wouldn't backbite or murmur about the things that are said because they're honest and they're from God. Amen. Amen. All right. Being honest in purpose, in your purpose, shows integrity. And that's, next thing is being, uh, be sincere. Because that's a little bit different than being honest. Because sincerity means there's no element of deception in your conversation. There's no element of you hiding behind anything. There's no smoke and mirrors with you. You're very sincere. Amen? Um. You're not trying to hurt anyone. You're not trying to manipulate. Paul wasn't trying to hurt anyone. He wasn't trying to manipulate himself into getting more money. He was just being sincere from his heart. Amen? Your only worry should be to protect the hearts of people around you when you're being sincere, but to also do what God tells you to do. Amen? Use self-control to not be led by emotions when they are involved. 
better to say nothing than to say the emotional thing. Amen? One amen. All right. Well, I tried. <laughs> Paul was honest and sincere. I want you to imagine Paul writing this letter about this topic to everyone and how difficult it was for him. Now that you know his heart, you know his heart. He wasn't trying to get money. He was trying to tell, him, tell them his heart. Now that you know his heart, imagine how difficult it was for him to be honest and sincere. But he had to do it. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 15. Let me know when you're there, please. Psalm 15. Very short. We're going to read it. Amen. It says, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord. And keep their promises even when it hurts. Whoops. Those who lend money without charging interest. Hello. And who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Amen. That's integrity. That's character. Your purpose without character won't last that long. There needs to be character in your purpose and your and integrity in your purpose. What's that number two? One, two. The next one is be genuine. So still different than honest and sincerity. This is to be authentic. That when sharing your purpose, you are being real to who you truly are and all around you can sense this is actually you paul was not here like like he said i didn't come to you with eloquent words i didn't come to you highly educated although he could have he was educated by the the one of the leaders of the pharisees you know of the pharisees he knew his stuff he could have talked you know about mysteries he says but i didn't i came to you with power i came to you with humbleness and power he says so you have to be genuine to who you are. If you're not a profound person, don't try to be. You know what I mean? If you're struggling, like if, if you're like, man, like, like I don't even know how to really pray all the way. That's okay. We all, I remember the first time they put me to pray in public, I almost, I almost had a heart attack. I almost died. Like, all right, today, Mario, you're going you're gonna to pray in the front. And I'm like, no, I don't even... And I went up there and I said, I think, three things. Lord, bless uh, everyone. And uh, I love, we love, uh, you love us. I don't know. Amen. But I was being authentic. I couldn't be in, uh, yeah, hallelujah. I couldn't do that. Be authentic. That's integrity in your purpose. Paul was being genuine. He was like, look, I'm the only one that works. All these other guys bring their wives and they get all the tacos and everything. And Amen. Romans 12.10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Which brings me to the next one. Be honorable. Be honorable. 
So Paul displays this, right, when he's giving his, his message here to the Corinthians. He talks about the importance of leadership, but doesn't put anyone down. He doesn't put the people down. Amen? He honors the entire body of Christ. He honors the leadership and their rights and the rights that leadership has. But he says, I don't want to be an obstacle to the good news being preached. I want you to grow. I want you to receive the good news. So he honors everyone. We must have honor for others in our purpose. When we're doing our purpose, we must have honor for those that lead us, for those that follow us, for those in between. We must honor everyone. Amen? And honor is respect, space for people to grow. Honor them in their process. Some people are not as holy as you. Amen? They're still learning. They're still in their process. Doesn't mean we excuse them and like, oh, no, that's just how the homie, you know what I mean? We encourage people. We pray for people. You know, we, we, we talk to them and we, we tell them, like, like we're going to grow together in this. But we have honor for people. We don't trash others. Paul didn't trash anyone. He, he kept it very honest, sincere, and genuine, but he was honorable. And the last but not least, be humble. You know, Paul, I'm going to say these statements, and, and I mean them, and I don't mean them in a the mean way, but they're true and they're honest, and I want you to hear them. Because the next generation that comes after you, you need to, like, train them. You need to tell them about this. Listen, what Paul said might have not sounded humble at first, right? When you first start reading it, you're like, oh, boy, this guy's. What do you mean you deserve more? You know what I mean? Because he's saying what he actually deserves. But the act of saying it and how he finished it shows true humility. I've heard pastors say how much they deserve and put people down for not giving enough to support them. And we can't have that culture. That's not what Paul is saying or setting. He's being humble. He's loving people. Putting people first, that's what a real pastor does. They put others first. And they get in trouble for that sometimes. Because all of a sudden, you know, I haven't slept in a few days and... And, you know, it's tough. But that's what a real pastor should do. Put people first. So Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, can you put it up? Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Can you imagine Jesus, Christ, God on earth saying, let me teach you. God. Jesus Christ. The Christ. He's saying, let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle. So being humble in your purpose is very important. As God begins to bless you in your purpose... And you begin to see growth and, and abundance and more rewards. Keep yourself grounded and humble. Amen? Through integrity, we find a higher calling in our personal purpose. As a church, we have a purpose. You know, we have 
a purpose that we have here to, to see people be loved and to see people connect and transformed. And, and, and that's, that's important for us as a church. And, and we need to have integrity when doing that. And that's all those things I talked about, you know, honest, sincerity, genuineness, honor, and humble. All of us working together. Perhaps your purpose is to give, and you need to apply all of those things to, the, to, to your purpose. Expect a reward from God. God does reward your purpose. He will bless you, but not if you're low in integrity. If you're hurting people, you're going to have to continue to hurt people for your purpose to grow. Are you with me? Amen? So how's your integrity? What is your purpose? And, and more than anything, what is your expectation for payment? These are questions that God asked me. What is your expectations for payment or of payment? Are you putting payment above purpose? Are you putting purpose above payment? So let us have integrity in all that we do. Purpose is reward. And when we apply integrity to it, we'll see more from God. He'll bless us and others. Let's end with uh, Psalm 18. You already in Psalm, I believe. Let's end with Psalm 18. Verse 24 through 29. Let me know when you're there. Amen? Psalm 18, 24 through 29 says, The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show your faithful, yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but you humili humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. Wow. Only you know what your purpose is. Only you know what God has called you to do. If you don't know that, that's okay. There's no hurry. God can even tell you today. But in everything that you do for God and for your family and at work, have integrity. Do the right thing. And you'll see reward in that. You'll see a reward in that. And doing the things that God has called you to do. You'll see reward in just doing them. Even if it is coming on a Sunday afternoon to church, you'll see the reward in that. God will bless your family. He'll unite your family if you're having family problems. God is a God of families. He wants to unite families. Maybe you've been hurt by church. Maybe you've been hurt by leaders. You've never met a leader like Paul. That actually loves people. That's what this is about. Ministry is about loving people. Not lo loving payment and being famous. So I don't know what you're going through in life. But I know that God loves you and he wants to bless you. And he wants to heal you and he wants to set you free. And you just have to believe it. Amen. So why don't you get on your feet please and we're going to pray. And I'm going to just declare a blessing over your life this afternoon. I'm going to declare that the Lord would bless you. That he would bless you with a purpose in your life.
That he would bless you with a purpose in your life. If you don't know what your purpose is, maybe it's to be a good father, maybe a mother, to be a giver, a leader, to be a great son or daughter. Maybe this is the season for that for you, a great friend. I don't know what it is that God has called you to do, but God is calling you into more of him. So why don't you close your eyes, please, and let me just pray for you. Do me a favor. Why don't you raise your right hand just as a sign of faith, as a sign of just believing that God is going to bless you today with just purpose, purpose and reward, God, that we would have integrity in our purpose, God. Right now, Father, begin to bless your children, Lord, with purpose, Lord, that they would feel like you've called them to do something, Lord, to change this world, to change their family, to change their surroundings, Lord, with the kingdom. That we would seek your kingdom and your righteousness first, Lord, and everything else shall be added. Families to be restored, families to be blessed, marriages to be saved, children to come back home. God's children, Lord, to come back to church, to come back to having relationship with you, Lord. Right now, I declare it, Father, in Jesus' name. I declare it in Jesus' name, God, that every single person in here would feel special, God, and important in your kingdom, Lord, that you love them, that you honor them, God. That they have a purpose, Lord, in their life. That it's not just to live and die, Lord, but that you would actually show them how to actually live their purpose, God. That they would find it, that this would be a house of purpose, God. Where people would come in and find their calling, find their purpose, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And that we would be a people of integrity, Lord. That we would be a people that would be honest, Lord. That would be sincere and genuine and honorable and humble, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. I declare it right now, Father. That everyone in this room, Lord, would know and feel purpose in their life, God. Don't miss the moment, church. God is doing something in this place. Don't miss this moment right now in the mighty name of Jesus. He's doing something in your life. Don't miss this moment. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Don't miss this moment. God is speaking to you. He's prophetically speaking to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.